Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. It's been a busy week this week, hasn't it, with lots of different podcasts on different games. Uh, but we've got another match, of course, underway in Gaul, the second test between Sri Lanka and England. And I suppose a day of, of even Stevens, really. 229 for four is the Sri Lanka score at the end of the day's play. You could say that is a good day for Sri Lanka, but the second new ball has just been taken. And Simon, looking at their batting order... Angelo Matthews, 107 not out, which is a fine innings. But if they lose one of these two players, the next player in is a debutant. And after that, it's four bowlers. So I think England will sort of feel they've held Sri Lanka, even though they've only taken four wickets. Yeah, held them is about right. I think if England were 229 before, I think England would feel pretty confident about going on and building a big score and then really putting some pressure on Sri Lanka. Of course, Sri Lanka have to make the running in the game to, to level the series. So I think quietly Sri Lanka have had quite a good day. What they didn't do today is make the mistakes that they made on the first day of the first test when they basically gave themselves no chance by being bowled out for 135. It was attritional. At times, it was you know, quite flat test cricket, but they did what they needed to do in a way to, to try to set the game up later, try to put some pressure on England. I mean, one thing I would say as well about the, the next man in, Ramesh Mendis, although he is on debut, he does have a, a first-class 300. <laughs> so there we go. He might, he might surprise us. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's true. But firstly, that is Sri Lankan first-class cricket. And, you know, I, I mean, it's, that's decent. It's not a bri- it's not brilliant standard. Uh, I've played in it a long time ago, admittedly. But it, it's, it, you know, that, that's, it's not the same as making 300 in a county match or a Sheffield Shield match. And the other thing to say is he hasn't played a first-class inning since August. He's been playing mm. T20 cricket in the Lancaster Premier League. So, you know, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, he might have a 300 under his belt, but he's coming in at number seven against top-class attack, having not played a first-class innings for four months. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. Is it, it first test pressure, first test nerves, all that sort of thing. But England, England have got to get through to start with. Uh, Dick Weller is playing a really responsible innings after his two preposterous dismissals in the last test match, uh, primarily the first innings when he hit that horrible long hop from Bess to backward point. He didn't play a particularly good shot in the second innings to get out. Matthews, though, the rock, and they have to dislodge him. He's like the Curinegula rock. I don't know if you ever played at Curinegula with that huge rock there. I mean, that's that's been Matthews today, uh, immovable. He, he did not look like getting out. It's, it's fair to say and he just it was just discipline, uh, head down, test match batting, sort of hugely professional. There was a, a you know sometimes you say this in when you watch a day's cricket. There's a sort of feeling inevitability about it, and I think there was about Angela Matthews's hundred today. You know he's a, he's a fine player. And third Test 100 against England, no surprise that he went through to three figures. He looked really determined uh, right from the start. And, you know, he's given Sri Lanka a chance in this game after, you know, that pretty woeful effort on the first couple of days in, in the first game, which has left them one down in the series. Isn't it Sigiria, the big rock? I mean, there is, there may be no, one at no, Karanegula, no, but no, Sigiria is no, no. a, a massive rock in the middle of the Sri Lanka island, which is... The famous uh, kind of um, shrine, isn't it? Place where you you yeah. go and, and worship at the top of it. If you can probably make it to the top, I've never actually made it to the top. Have you been up to the top of that? I've been up some of it, and I don't think I made it to the top. It's, it's boiling hot. It's some of the the way up as well. It's quite dicey, you know. If you, I haven't got a great head for heights, and I think there's one bit where you sort of climb up this rope you know you hold on to this rope and you get up these rather rickety steps that was you know when I, I haven't been to Shri Lanka really been there recently has it well it, it, it wasn't there when I was you know when I went there to, to Sigiria about however many years ago it was now perhaps about 20 years ago but there is a rock there is a rock at Kirinegula because I remember on a on a tour to Sri Lanka a club tour to Sri Lanka playing in this match and I was keeping wicket actually surprisingly and one of the Sri Lankan players hit the biggest six I've ever seen uh, in, in club cricket, and it hit the rock and rebounded back to the bowler. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Smack, bang, ping back. It was an incredible incident. I was just, I was just laughing, but it was, it was so funny. But I mean, the, we, are the, missing, the, the, we are really missing um, Sri Lanka, aren't we? I, I mean, it's such a wonderful yeah, yeah. place to tour, and I, I love it because. You know, not only is the, the cricket great and it's hot and obviously, but but there's so much variety in the island. I, I don't want to sound like the Sri Lankan tourist board here, but you've got you know sort of semi mountains and obviously you know, tropically clad hills anyway. Uh, actually, well, the, um, up in the in the top in the tea plantations, it, they are mountains, and and then you've got desert, sort of a semi desert where the uh, Yala National Park is. Uh, with lots of tropical undergrowth and interesting animals, elephants and, you know, the the, the big cats and so on. Uh, uh, you've obviously got the beaches. You've got the, the, the religious centre in Kandy. Uh, I've been to the East Coast as well, which was war-torn for many years, but now has mm. opened up. Uh, it's, it's such a, a country of small size, but great variety. Yeah, it's one of my favourite places to tour, I think. It, it's It's a fantastic place to go. Um, it, it, there's there's nothing that's that's bad about it. Actually. And you can get your vegetarian curry. You, you can you get you can get your vegetarian curry. I mean, the only thing is, that's really challenging about Sri Lanka is, is is sometimes it's just a little bit too hot for us. Uh, you know, it's 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 steamy, and the sun in the middle of the day is, is burning down. It's almost you know not far away from the equator, just in the northern hemisphere. Um, but apart from that, I mean, it's it's a fantastic place to go. And really interesting, and and the, yeah, and the cricket's good as well. I mean, England have played some really interesting cricket there over the years. 
and it's a it's a huge shame we're not there, especially in a ground like Gaul as well, which has so much character. It's a wonderful setting. But on we go, Yoz. You know, it's it's what we've become used to, and we just have to hunker down until things improve. And when that happens, well, who knows? So, so what, where do you feel the game is? I mean, I, I watched the whole day's play. Talking about the conditions and the, and, and the environment, actually, I really enjoyed watching Mark Woodbowl today. Mm. Uh, because not, not just for his stamina and his commitment and, and obviously taking a wicket and so on, but actually he had a smile on his face the whole game. And you know, 17 O's in that heat, some of mm. I think eight or nine in one spell. Eight Absolutely, was, yeah. eight overs. I mean, mm. fantastic uh, stamina and, and commitment and dedication and so on. But um, the optimism he has as well, having bowled a, a string of overs in the first test and not taken a wicket, 17 overs in this test and finally getting a wicket. And, you know, he looked to the heavens when he actually got that LBW decision and sort of, it, it seemed to be, he seemed to be saying, thank you, God. You know, there is a God that's given me a wicket after expending all this energy. But actually, in a funny sort of way, in a masochistic sort of way, it is quite fun bowling in these conditions because, firstly, it's hot. You know, the worst conditions to be a fast bowler are cold and damp where, you know, you can pull a muscle just sort of slightly landing badly or the footholds are a bit slippery or, you know, even slipping in the outfield or something and the coldness just exacerbates that. In, when it's hot like this and, and and sort of windless as well, actually you you feel at least your body's all warm and you're mm. less likely to pull anything. That, that, yeah, there is fatigue and all that. But actually, funnily enough, being a bowler, a fast bowler, running in as he does, you create a little bit of breeze. And the more you bowl, the more you sort of get used to the, the environment and the, the, the heat of it. And you sort of almost put that out of your mind and you're just running into bowl as hard as you can. And it's a thrilling feeling when you can generate that sort of speed as he did, 90 miles an hour plus. Just so thrilling to to have this the sun on your back and this uh, sultry sort of atmosphere and batsmen looking a little bit apprehensive as inevitably they do against Wood. And your, you know, he used the short ball really effectively, and it was a. He almost gave Chandamal a bit of a working over with some brilliant short balls, which just sort of jagged into his rib area. One clanged him on the helmet, and he was flinching away. And then you sort of finally go for that killer punch, the ball that angles in, just pinning him on the back foot and just sliding into middle and leg stumps, and the batsman's not quite ready for it and just misses it, and the ball's panning into the pad and thank god the umpire gives it out and it is a it is a most thrilling feeling so no wonder he had a smile on his face yeah i think it's a thrilling feel, feeling and also a feeling of huge relief as well after all, all those balls in the series without taking a wicket i think it was something like 230 balls in the series without getting anyone out and he, he did today with, with dick weller and of course it was reviewed so there was a tension there you know oh is it going to be going over the top no is it going to be going down the leg side well i think that was the only fear really was it going to be just going past the leg stump but it wasn't he was hitting middle and leg and that fe- huge feeling of relief and also as well the other thing about wood today not what he bowled that spell of eight overs one maiden one for 16 it's also uh, an interesting tactic he used against angelo matthews as well which was it's not normally the way you try to get someone out. It's actually trying to get them caught down the leg side, i.e. 
by the wicketkeeper with a, a fine glance or a very fine glance and they had a leg slip in in the fine leg as well if Matthews wanted to lift it away and they kept plugging away with that I mean in a way with, if you didn't see the field it looked like bad bowling because it was all it was all angled in down the leg side but you know that's something for to think about because it's not so easy to control it on your pads is it, as, as a batsman it's instinctive at that pace you know you, someone's running in and bowling at 92 miles an hour you, you get it slightly wrong and it goes uppishly down towards fine leg you think the number of batsmen that have played you off your hip uh, or off their pads in the air down towards fine leg for a single it's a bread and butter single isn't it most most of the time but it, it often is in the air especially against a quick bowler so they were working away at that you know, they were trying everything to get through and what was a, a a pretty flat decent pitch actually for the first day of this test match i think it surprised us i think we were all expecting it to turn from you know from the from the start as it did in the last game there are always surprises in Sri Lanka, aren't there? Things, <laughs> unexpected things that, that happen. But that's a really good point about the, the leg gully and, and trying to ca- get the batsman caught down the leg side. Basically, bowlers are, are the burglars and batsmen are the security guards. And burglars, if, if you look at the wider world, are always trying to stay one step ahead of the security guards, aren't they? And this is the case with bowlers and batsmen. And so batsmen over the last, I don't know, few few years have started to counter a bowler's persistence around the off stump and just outside by moving across towards the offside and obviously Steve Smith is the definitive example of that so what what they call owning that channel outside off stump so that it negates that persistent line of bowlers just around what they call fourth and fifth stump to try and get the edge. So batsmen are trying to counter that by getting across to the, to the offside. OK, so bowlers have now responded, and they're doing that with Steve Smith and Labuschagne and, and other batsmen who, who like their, their step across to the offside. They're countering that by trying a leg stump line and more fielders in catching positions on the leg side instead of a third slip on the offside a leg gully on the leg side. And I think that's completely legitimate. And as you say, it's harder to sometimes control the shot. It's difficult to keep it down. Steve Smith's been out caught in that that leg gully region a couple of times, both off spinners and seamers. And Matthew's nearly got a glove down the leg side. And, you know, in the olden days, we might have said, if you got caught down the leg side, it was unlucky, Mm. a strangle and all that. But actually... It's becoming a much more legitimate way of of taking wickets. You're slightly restricted because you can only have two men behind the leg side. I wonder if that might change over time. You know, why should you have only two men behind the leg side, behind the square on the leg side? I mean, it sort of started with body line in the 1930s where you could have more fielders behind the wicket on the leg side, but gradually over time that, that... uh, opportunities being extinguished but I just wonder whether that over it seems to be penalizing bowlers unfairly actually to not have more than two men behind the wicket on the leg side well it does encourage that sort of body line angle doesn't it I mean, you could just wood could just run in round the wicket and have you know three leg slips into the body lots of short balls I mean, of course, there's the LBW law as well. Some people are suggesting, well, why can't you be out when the ball pitches outside leg stump? You can be out if the ball pitches outside off stump, but not outside leg stump. And I think that it's the same reason. It, it would sort of alter the, the balance of the game. You'd have lots of bowlers bowling in 
to the body and there'd be a lot of leg side play and not much offside play and I think actually the, the you know the, the game is the game has worked uh, and every now and again something happens and you might have to legislate against it or you know change the laws tinker with the laws and and that's fine uh, you know there's a, there's gradual evolution over time but that change you know men behind or, or fielders behind square on the leg side has been in for a long long time now and also the and the LBW law as well so I I wouldn't ch- I wouldn't change it. I think that that balance is 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 about right. I know as an old bowler, you're probably thinking, no, it's unfair. I want to bang one in the ribs with with three leg slips or two leg slips in a gully. But I, I think it, I think it works. I honestly are do. you the voice of balance and reason? <laughs> well, I, 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 it's unusual for me actually because I I like change. I don't mind change at all. I'm not a, a, averse to it. And you know, if if you have a, if they allow an extra fielder on the leg side behind square, fair enough. I don't you know it doesn't particularly bother me that much. But I don't. I don't see there's a sort of pressing need for it. I don't see you know. It's not one of those sort of you know gathering storms of, of change that cricket must change, otherwise it's going to die or there's going to be a problem or something like that. So I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not that bothered. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change the LBW law though. I, I don't think we need uh, to do that. It's, it's artificial. Uh, you know, not being out out to a ball that pitches outside leg stump. But I can see the reason uh, for the law being there. Mm. You, because you think that it would just encourage more and more bowlers to bowl outside leg stump into the rough, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and just well, it would also, it would also, I think it would become a leg side game uh, to, to the right handers. I don't think there would be so much offside play. And there might be in white ball cricket where batsmen would, would make room and hit it th- through the offside. But I, I just, I just think that would tip the. It would just change the balance of the game and make it a more leg side game. Yeah, I think it used to be a leg side game, actually, funnily enough. I mean, in the old, I'm talking really olden days now, kind of, you know, the 1800s, it was predominantly a leg side game. And the offside was regarded as the posh side, which mm. a few of the sort of gents hit the ball to, but the, the professionals definitely didn't, funnily enough. But, yeah, no, I take your point. Uh, the LBW law has been the same as it has for, 90, for like 70 years, so it mm. probably isn't time to change it, as you say. I don't think there's there's no sort of general outcry for it. I mean, people occasionally say, "Why is it that you can't be out if the ball pitches outside leg stump?" And I think I think that is the reason. You know, it, it would change the balance of the game, and it mean you know the angle of attack would be different, and it would alter the game. It would become a leg side game. So there we go. We haven't mentioned uh, Jimmy, obviously. No, uh, we haven't. No, we should do, shouldn't we? That that was a remarkable performance. Mm. At one point, he had more overs than he conceded runs, and he had three wickets, yeah. and. It was just exemplary. You couldn't bowl with fast, medium bowling with no help in the pitch. You couldn't bowl any better than that, I don't think. No. Two early wickets, two in and over. I mean, he was helped by a dreadful shot from Kusil Pereira and then Shada Fernanda didn't play a great shot either. Technically, his back was crooked and he, he played onto his stump. So in in a way, two softish wickets and then he picked up Tidamani with a beauty after lunch, actually, going round the wicket angling the ball in and it left him a fraction and, and Tidamani felt he had to play at it because of the initial angle and he feathered it through to butt there. I and mean, that was a that was a genuine sort of Anderson dismissal. The other two were uh, possibly careless batting. But yeah, I mean thirty eight years old, thirty nine in, in the summer, July time, and he just keeps on going. His one hundred and fifty seventh test match, six hundred and three Test match wickets, and he, you know, he's still running in. And there was also an incident towards the day, end of the day's play. It's not the best outfield in Gaul. I, I, I remember playing a football match on the, the Gaul outfield once, and it is quite bumpy. And there were a few misfields today, and Anderson misfielded twice. And, and the second time, he kicked to the turf in frustration. But then, towards the end of the day's play, 
you know, 39 years, you know, in his 39th year, he bowled the overs right towards the end of the play, chased one back towards the boundary, and he dived and flicked it back inside the rope and, and went over the rope, sprawling over the rope, and, and saved a single. So, you know, he he just keeps on going, and, and we are we're going to miss him enormously uh, when he's gone because it's, it's it's such a pleasure to watch him. You know, you watch a craftsman as a batsman. But it's also a huge pleasure to watch a, a craftsman as a bowler as well. Yeah, a finely oiled machine, isn't he? And uh, I, I briefly remember uh, when you get into that rhythm uh, of, of your, your perfect run-up and you know your action and the ground underneath your foot is solid and, and not slippy or anything and you just grooved everything. I, I remember that feeling sort of briefly and, and it is a beautiful feeling where you're just cruising to the wicket and everything's happening almost instinctively and you just keep landing the ball consistently on a length. I had, you know, I'm not remotely comparing myself to, to Anderson in terms of ability, but I had probably a year at, at the end of my career when I could just run up and bowl and I knew exactly where the ball was going to land every time. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't a great pace or anything and there wasn't a huge amount of movement, but I could rely on the ball landing roughly on a length virtually every ball and it's a lovely feeling that it's a lovely feeling of confidence and rhythm and you know that the, that you're not going to give the, the the batsman easy runs he's got to work for them and actually when you get a wicket like that tiramani wicket where it's not an extravagant bit of swing or dramatic movement off the seam it's just subtle it's just the angle that he's bowling from around the wicket and the ball just holding off the surface a, a touch or maybe a hint of swing to take the edge and that's all you need you know the bat is four and a quarter inches wide so you only need the ball to move you know a quarter of an inch a half an inch to get the edge and that's all it was but it's just an incredible feeling of satisfaction when you know there's nothing in the pitch nothing with the ball at all and yet you can just get that get that wicket there are times in England of course when you run up and bowl and you're going past the outside edge past the outside edge because the ball's doing too much well it, it, it rarely does too much uh, in Sri Lanka for the seam bowl. It does for the spinners, of course, and that was part of the problem in the first test match, in a way, is that the spinners were ragging it past the outside edge. It, it was spinning too much, and then they were both short and they would be picked off, and the fields were a bit deep. I'd be fascinated to see how this pitch uh, develops over the next uh, few days. I mean, it was a really good batting pitch today. I mean, a couple spun, not very much. There was hardly anything there for the spinners at all. I think we all thought that, you know, it's, it'd been baked uh, for a few days, it was open to the elements. Uh, for five days while they played the first test match. The, the ground staff hadn't, you know, they would never have prepared back-to-back test match pitches before, and therefore it's bound to be worse. But the indications are there's more grass on it, it's held together. The indications are that, you know, it, it might be a better batting pitch. But, I, I, you know, you can't help but have the feeling that today, tomorrow, are going to be the best batting days, and that gradually as the game goes on, the ball will spin. And, of course, it is that point about spin. You don't actually want too much just enough is enough for the for the spinners to, to find the outside edge rather than rip one past so yeah i mean schlanker in a, in a reasonable position I, th- I think that's the intriguing thing is that they've got the runs on the board can they now go on and really take advantage of what they've done today and we'll, we'll have a good indication i think by the end of, of tomorrow's play uh where this game's going whether england's you know, best chance ultimately in this game of, of winning the series is to to draw the game. If Sri Lanka were to score 400, say, 380-400, that's going to make it quite difficult for England mm. and, to go on and win anyway. Yeah, and, and, and it's not easy to, to really up the scoring rate. I noticed the England spinners, Jack Leach and Don Bess, have conceded 
exactly three runs and over each. Mm. Getting slightly better. Uh, Best, for instance, there was a stat on CrickViz today saying that uh, in the first test he'd landed 27% of his deliveries on a good length and nine. Uh, In this test match so far, 43%. Still only one in two. But it's it's better than it was. Uh, he's just getting that little bit of drift away and the odd ball spinning back. Jack Leach didn't have as much control, I felt, today. Didn't look as threatening. Uh, so, you know, the, these guys are still sort of learning their game at international level. Um, I, I do think that they're, they're, they're going to have a, have a real wake-up call, a steep learning curve when they get to India. Mm. But this is sort of a, a, a relatively gentle introduction, and you can just see little signs of improvement. Well, the, the, the tough part of the winter is to come. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, against India, in their conditions, uh, with uh, you know a generally much stronger batting lineup, you know from you know one to eight or whatever it is, one to seven, uh, so some pedigree players there, all of whom uh, are pretty decent against the. Slower ball, so or, or slow bowling. So anyway, let's get let's get this Sri Lanka uh, Test series out of the way, and then and look at the challenges ahead in two in Chennai and, and two in in Ahmedabad. It's not going to be easy, but they, you know they're going to bowl a lot of overs. You'd think by the end of this winter, and and you'd hope developed and and learnt a lot and and been challenged a lot. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They are going to be challenged a lot in India, and they they know that. And, and Joe Root I think, has, has said, hasn't he? That, you know, it's going to be a a massive challenge uh, playing in India once this this tour is over. I wonder how Mark Wood feels because he's been um, asked to go back home after this test and and have a little rest before the last two tests in India. Maybe that's how England have managed to get the extra venom out of him in this game, knowing he's got a, a, a few weeks off afterwards. And I think the way they're managing their, their resources is good, actually. I think they're going to have to spread the load a bit over time. Just to say that's it, that's it for today. Um, just looking ahead a little bit, the England women are on the way out to New Zealand uh, to play some one-day internationals and T20s over there. Next week on the Virtual Cricket Club, we're going to have Tammy Beaumont and Heather Knight. Uh, we're going to do a sort of women's cricket special next Thursday in the Virtual Cricket Club. Uh, please subscribe to that. It's in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust. Uh, it's £6 a month to join. We had Graham Gooch last night, who was brilliant entertainment and fascinating insights into the art of batting. So next week, uh, as I say, a women's cricket special. And the week after that, we've got Ian Botham, who's going to do a wine tasting for us in the Virtual Cricket Club. So you can join us by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com. We've got an event every Thursday at 7 o'clock. Uh, all sorts of different personnel lined up in the future as well. So please join us because it's been good fun so far, hasn't it, Simon? It has. It was a marathon session last night with Graham. It was like one of his innings, wasn't it? One of like his three-three-three. He had a, he had a lot to say about the game, um, but it was really interesting. And he, he touched on all sorts of things, and you can uh, catch up on that, can't you, uh, online and uh, later in this test match or towards the end of it, we'll be putting out uh, some of the highlights on, on our on this podcast, on this feed, but you can watch the whole thing. Where, Simon, just let everyone know? The Analyst YouTube channel. It will be there shortly. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. well, interesting first day in Gaul, and it's set up nicely. Challenge for both sides on the the second day. We're already looking forward to it. Can't wait for it, and we'll we'll speak to you again this time tomorrow. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 
Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.